This is the Feminine Podcast, the official podcast of Feminine, discussing all things femme, a little bit of EM, and everything in between. I'm Jenny Beck Esme, editor in chief of Feminine. Today is a very exciting day on the podcast. Joining me is Dr. Dara Cass. Hi, Dara. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. We haven't done this in so long. I'm actually really excited to do this. No. Uh, I didn't, I, you know, it's funny. We've been talking about having a weekly podcast or a conversation that's recorded since this pandemic started, and we have literally not been able to find the time. So what have you been doing for the past few months, Jenna? Well, once upon a time, back in March, I got COVID. That was exciting. <laughs> Then I got better from COVID and they developed antibodies, which was even more exciting. Um, and since then, it's just been a whirlwind of educational events and keeping up on top of the literature and trying to get PPE and watching all of my amazing friends on the news. You know, regular stuff. Why? <laughs> you? Oh, you know, I'm watching Netflix and chilling. It's been really good to connect with my inner self again and just hide in my house. Now, I think that, you know, the good thing about being on the front lines, I guess, is that we've been able to feel like useful in this moment. Um, I had wanted always to have these podcasts where we could discuss our experiences as kind of women in emergency medicine uh, in the middle of the pandemic, but it just, we never found the time. Um, We'd been doing some of those fix it Friday debriefs, which I think were cool and able to kind of get people together. So I had the Rona. Uh, Another few people that I knew in my department and other places in New York City, I was uh, one of the first people to have it. Uh, And I was able to hide out from my family and even hole up at a hotel called the Four Seasons, which I uh, was able to uh, help a few friends get into, wink, wink, nod, nod, uh, (laughs) once uh, the rooms opened up a little bit. And um, other than that, we've been trying to convey positive and more importantly accurate messaging on the news and in the media so a lot of people we know have been on tv uh and able to really translate what is a community a lot of the feminine community um being able to translate a lot of this very confusing moment for people um and i think that that's been a really remarkable way that we can show the rest of the world kind of who we are uh and so it's been i think a very strong silver lining in a moment that's been otherwise um, traumatic and uh, I, I, they're not enough. I, I don't, I lose the words when I try to think about what this past few months has been like. And I think it's really important for us to just take a second and not just acknowledge what we've been through in New York and in the Northeast, but what everyone else is going through in the rest right of the now. country right now. Um, I think about a lot, our friends in, you know, Arizona and in Florida and in South Carolina and in you know, Texas and all over the country that are seeing rises in LA. Um, And I just think about what it was like to be there in the middle of March and April and how I just hope and pray. And I don't pray a lot that, uh, (laughs) that they are supported somewhere in the local community, if not in their state level, and that we can work together to get better um, science-based federal leadership out there. Cause I just think that we're at a critical junction for everything, but enough of the digression. Said. Yes, yes, yes. All that was well said. But that's not actually what we're here to talk about today. No, it's much- not actually. So uh, as many people out there know, we did decide to cancel uh, the in-person conference uh, for Feminine 2020. And I would argue that we didn't really cancel it, but it was canceled. We did decide mm-hmm. to cancel it earlier than the force majeure clause of the contract would have been invoked, since we still uh, don't know what the timing of gatherings in Chicago would have been. But it is 
clearly not advisable that anyone gather in groups of uh, 800 to 1,000 in person anytime soon. And my hope that if not the country, then the emergency medicine women would have achieved herd immunity by the time the conference uh, came through from our own unfortunate infections probably isn't true either. So um, we canceled. And uh, that made me sad. Did it make you sad, Jenny? People sad, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, and when we did it, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that the conference is the only real kind of revenue feminine has. And so we uh, knew that we were basically furloughing the entire organization for a year. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people also don't realize like the people that help make feminine happen isn't just like me and you. Uh, right. There are other people who yeah. actually <laughs> right, who get the business part of this thing moving. Um whether it's the people that make sure that we pay our taxes appropriately or that we have our books taken care of or Lauren, I think who everybody knows, not just from in person at the conference, uh, Stacy who cuts the podcasts um, and that still has to get done. And so we had decided to kind of just like decrease our uh, expenses as best as we could for the year, knowing that we were kind of going to take a hit and see what happens. And then after we calmed down in New York and I had a little time to think and I was just like, is this really what we want to do? Just stop for a while. I had an idea and I brought it to you guys. And so let's share that idea with everybody else. Let's do it. Why don't you tell us about our big announcement? Our big announcement. Not, so uh, we are going to try, and I think successfully, to run uh, Fix 20 digitally, otherwise known as Digital Fix, uh, just for the workshops and the panels. So the idea is that a lot of us are doing workshop stuff online in group sessions and even webinars with large panels, some of which I had been practicing with all the fundraising I had been doing for campaigns, and realized that the platform of Zoom is actually really good for uh, workshop-based stuff, and even uh, webinars slash uh, large-scale panels with some feedback and raised hands, but isn't great necessarily for lecture format. Like So for us, it seems like we could take two-thirds of our offering of Fix 20 and really deliver them virtually and asynchronous, well, virtually, um, in, a great, in a way that felt pretty authentic. And so mm-hmm. we decided, could we put together all of the workshops we'd worked on? So we worked about 20 workshops. And could we try and deliver those uh, virtually where people could be at home and they would sign up for the conference and they would pick three out of four workshops. Uh, So we'll run four workshops in the mornings, meaning that like we'll start at like 11 to get both coasts awake. Uh, And then we will uh, run a couple of workshops in the morning and take a break. So probably really it's more like 11 to 2 and then take a break and do panels in the afternoon slash early evening where um, we could take the same kind of five-person amazing panels on things like uh, advancing your career or administrating policies uh, and do them in a way that was interactive for large groups. And it seemed pretty easy to pull off with the infrastructure we'd already built. And since we'd already selected and like gotten so many people to put the work into developing the workshops, it just seemed like a good idea. So you said yes, and the team said yes. So I think that we are going to go digital. I am very excited about this. I think that, you know, another silver lining of the um, of the pandemic we're all living through right now is that it has taught us a lot about how to use these digital platforms for educational purposes and for large group community building activities. So I'm really excited about trying to explore this realm. So tell us when it's going to be. So we have decided to do what? 
people need to book their calendars. But, so, because they don't need plane flights and they don't need hotels. Uh, but it is going to be uh, October 8th and 9th, uh, tentatively. We're going to launch tickets uh, August 1st. So that will be in a couple of weeks. We're building out the website now just to do the registration. Uh, we're planning on keeping it uh, somewhere. We don't have the pricing yet. But it will be south of $300 per person uh, just to cover the administrative costs in the CME and making sure that the workshop leaders and panelists are compensated for their time. Um, what? The key word here mentioned was the CME. So yes. your registration fee is going to get you access to all this education and networking and community building. But of course, you're going to get those CME points that you're going to need, which may be hard to come by this year without any in-person conferences to go to. Yeah, I think there's going to be a few digital conferences that'll that'll get themselves going. And this conference will be about 10 credits of CME if you uh, attend the whole thing. And we'll have this all on the website when it launches. But the idea is that this should be a really good way to engage and get excited. The workshops that we had built, just to give uh, a little bit of a heads up, uh, some of them had to do with like social justice experiences, understanding how to you know, address climate change and uh, being a radical uh, change maker for inequities and, you know, gender equity and equities and understand gender equity and equities. You see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> addressing gender equity in your department, but also other things like becoming a better speaker and realizing how to, you know, get promoted and um, forming your own women's group and a lot of these other really um, fundamental workshops that we have been talking about doing. We started to do those a little bit in the first year when uh, Fix Itself had a two-day lecture, two and a half days, and then we had the workshops that last third day. And so this is kind of a throwback to the first time. Uh, we had financial yeah, we modeling. Kind of, we played around with this model, right? The first year we did the main Fix conference with the workshops. And then the second year we broke the workshops into a completely separate event. Right. The Revive event. And then now we're kind of bringing the workshops back in a different model. Yeah, I think that we're going to continue to learn uh, from what works. And what we know is that I think the community does well with both both offerings, right? The lecture is like the fixed talks that we've done for years. And that experience, I, I think, is nothing like anything is offered in medicine. I just think that's... Yeah. But there's something so special about being in that room and being together and the authenticity that people bring to those lectures and the work they put into bringing them out, um, even though they're not very long, right? They're 12 to 15 minutes, uh, but they are just so visceral and powerful. Um, but at the same time, the professional development that people need around how to be a better you and how to be a better professional you or how to be a better personal you, um, I think is really important as well. And I'm excited to try this model out. We could do this years over years if we decide to do digital workshops before the conference and then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, an in-person conference afterwards, that may be a model we do later on. The funny thing is like this pandemic is showing us, I think that, uh, in-person workshops slash, conferences that move a lot of people in lots of spaces, I think are not coming back so fast. So we mm -hmm. need to think around how to survive. I mean, I look retrospectively at the, all the times that we've done that. You know, <laughs> I even think about my hallways in high school and just right? bodies moving through hallways. What were we thinking? This was never a good idea. <laughs> so I, uh, I will say um, the first, so in the, just to like bring us a little, the, when the pandemic first really was coming to fruition in New York and it was March and I was, it was right before we shut down. I was supposed to go to Soul Cycle and my instructor and I are friends. So we text a lot and I'd gone to class like the weekend of like March 6th or something. And that's when I had decided to move my kids out of my house. I had like my epiphany on the bike and I was supposed to go like Tuesday or Thursday the following week. Cause I usually went in during the week as well. And 
I texted him at like 730 in the morning. I'm like, soul cycle's done. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I, all I could see was like sweat and spit and uh-huh. noise and darkness and spraying. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. And I'm not an alarmist, you know? Um, and, uh, and you know, it is there. I think we look back at things like the theater, right? I mean, you're a theater person and, you know, the projection of your voice and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and the spitting same thing on each other, just right. Just been spitting on each everywhere. other. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that it's going to be very interesting. Um, and again, I think that we just need to figure out how to survive in this new normal. And yeah. I think connecting is going to be really important. We're still going to need professional development. We yep. just need it in a different space. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about this. We're confirming our speaker lineup and exactly what the curriculum is going to look like, but we're thinking we're going to have 20 or so different workshop options. Is that right? That was what we had planned for the conference in person to cover as many people that were there. So we've reached out to all of the uh, workshop leaders that were accepted and said, would you be willing to run this as a virtual workshop? We're still waiting to hear back from a few people, Uh, but I'm hopeful that will happen. Um, And then if we need more, I'm sure we could pull out a call for speakers and workshops uh, out there. Um, But I do think we're going to be able to pull off something that's going to be remarkable and very necessary, I think, for a lot of people. It'll be great to bring everyone back together. So registrants will be able to attend, we're thinking, three of the workshops and then, of course, all four of the panel sessions. All four panel sessions. There are many anxious medical students out there that are probably listening to this and wondering if they're going to have opportunities like they do traditionally in FIX with the medical student ambassadors. What are we thinking on that? So it's funny you should ask. Uh, much like my own house where the young people are better at technology than the older people, uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to create a medical student ambassador program where they are basically going to be the digital ambassadors. And so, uh, we're working on that as well. We need to see how many workshops we're running and how many panels we're running before we know how many people we can accept. And we're hoping, and, uh, to compensate for the issue around uh, rotations right now. So we know that a lot of the fourth year rotations may be affected uh, because of travel restrictions. And so we know there's going to be a question about getting in front of the emergency medicine community. So we're hoping to allow uh, fourth year students to be ambassadors first, only because it engages them in uh, this community at a time where it's hard to engage. So uh, if you're a fourth year medical student out there and you're thinking about going into emergency medicine, we have not forgotten you. We never forget you. We never forget you. Um, we do. We need you very, very much. And we are hoping that this will at least be a small olive branch we can put out there to say that, you know, this is a good way to engage in the fall because we understand that you must be totally stressed out. Yeah. Now talk to me about sponsorship. The different sponsors that have been on board in the past, are they going to be coming forward? And if people want to get their departments to try and purchase groups of tickets? Is that going to be an option again? So I think that we're figuring all that out. Obviously, this has been an eight-day-old idea. (laughs) (laughs) We are working on that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, been talking about this for maybe five days. Yeah, I think it's actually five days old. So uh, (laughs) it's 
very quick, but like everything else we do, we'll do it quickly and we'll do it well. Uh, I think we're going to see if you are a member of a department uh, that wants to do this in bulk. So the same thing was true before, uh, five tickets or more, email Lauren at Lauren Graf Lowry at feminem.org and we will see what we can do. Uh, based on what happens, I'm optimistic that we can offer the same idea of foundation sponsorships to departments as we had done in the past for uh, corporate sponsorships or other um, tech sponsorships, whatever it is. Just email Lauren again, Lauren Grap Lowry at feminem.org or just fix it feminem.org and we will get back to you. Um, this is very much a life preserver for feminem. I mean, a lot of what we're doing this for is not just because we feel the need to like develop a new kind of conference, although I think it could be fun. Um, but if we don't do this, we are furloughed for the year. And that means our people are too. So uh, the people that have worked hard for feminem, this is a good chance to kind of remind them that they're valued and that this, this community is valued and that we want to keep going. Fantastic. Anything else to talk about for digital fix before we move on? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, just keep your eyes and ears open to the social media. So we will announce things on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We might do some more podcasts. We'll see. But just if you have any questions, reach out to us and we will answer them as best as we can. Fix at feminem.org. And we expect registration to launch on August 1st. This is true. One final announcement. One final announcement, Jenny. Masks, what is your- masks, masks. <laughs> Mask up. So uh, we are piloting, and we ordered a a, a small amount uh, of feminine masks because we see mask wearing as being part of our new normal. Uh, and after one of our Fix It Friday calls, we realized that a lot of us were wearing uh, cloth masks or surgical masks on top of our N95s. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to be better for the environment. This was actually about the environment more than anything else. And so we <laughs> wanted to do uh, washable feminine masks for work. So we ordered a few hundred of them to start. We have uh, reached out to people that had given us information or uh, interest in pre-ordering them, but we anticipate them going and then ordering again. So keep your eyes peeled. If you are interested in feminine masks, uh, right now they are $15 each for one. And if you order more than five, they are $10 each. Uh, Email again, either fix at feminem.org or Lauren Graplowry at feminem.org if you're interested and we'll see if we have any left. and or let us know when we order the next time, we will get them out to you. Um, I think it's going to be, it's a great way to show not just support for the community, but remind everybody that mask wearing is here to stay. And that is probably one of the very few tools we have to keep our community safe. Mask up. Mask up. It's been so fun to talk to you, Dara. You know, and I like to do this little pod every so often. We should probably do it more. Let's do it more. Let's do it more. I'll see you soon. (laughs) See ya. Bye.